back to the Sports with Vince podcast. I am Vince, and I love sports. So I guess I've been off for a few days now, um, but I, I'm back with another episode. Excited for it. Um, just watched earlier today uh, the NASCAR race, Talladega. Uh, obviously, I was disappointed I couldn't watch it yesterday afternoon, and I wasn't able to watch the whole thing today because of work, but was able to catch the ending. Um, pretty exciting stuff. Even if you're not a NASCAR fan, I think. Uh, very interesting end of the race there. Ryan Blaney pulls it off by, oh, I don't know, six inches. Um, yeah, I guess I'm really starting to get, get back into NASCAR a little more. Um, not sure how I feel about that, but it is exciting. It's We don't have a whole lot of other sports right now, so we got to take what we can get. So, yeah, email me your thoughts on NASCAR. Um, what did you think about that race? Talladega is probably my favorite track. Um, yeah. What about you guys? Sportswithvince at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Anyway, the main reason for this show is to continue my college football preview series. And tonight I will be previewing the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12, which of course has 10 teams. Sorry, that will never not be funny. Um, and like with my other conferences that I've done so far, I will be doing them in reverse order of likelihood to win the conference, uh, at least according to Vegas. So, uh, start off with Kansas, which is the Rutgers of the Big 12. Kansas is coached by Les Miles, um, one of the few coaches currently coaching co- college football that has actually won a national championship. Of course, that that would have been 13 years ago with LSU, um, a great team. That was the first year I actually watched a lot of college football. Um, crazy year, crazy, crazy year. Anyway, Les Miles now at Kansas. They went 3-9 and nine last year which actually was a pretty good season for Kansas if you compare it to the rest of the previous decade. They ranked 104th in the country per SP+, projected to drop to 113. So while it may have been a slight upgrade over previous years, obviously still very poor. And they are only 42nd, uh, sorry, 42% of their production is returning, which is 126th in the country which is just about as bad as it gets. Now, the fact that they weren't very good last year, uh, maybe maybe some newcomers to the scene can actually help the team. Maybe it's a good thing they're not returning a lot of production. But anyway, probably their most exciting player is their running back, Puka Williams. He's good rushing and receiving. Um, one of the best running backs in the conference, really. Um, so other than him, I don't know that there's a whole lot to be excited about on offense. They one of the things they need to really do on defense is get more takeaways, which obviously every team in the country would like to do that. Um, but anyway, more than specific players on Kansas, I'm interested just in kind of a big picture view of what Les Miles can do there. Um, I'm not sure what their 
goals are for the program. I would imagine just becoming respectable again, maybe competing for bowl games every once in a while. Um, that would be a pretty big accomplishment for Kansas, it feels like. And Les Miles, I do believe, has improved the recruiting some, and he needs to keep doing that. 2008 was the last time they won two conference games, which is kind of mind-blowing to think about. So, yeah, I, I guess I don't have a huge amount of faith in Les Miles, but I do think he's a good enough coach. At the very least, he should be able to get them out of the, I don't know, Rutgers area, um, which maybe Rutgers can also improve. Anyway, yeah, I just feel like for for any Power 5 team, it's really a huge disappointment when they're ranked in the hundreds um, in the country. That should never happen if they have any kind of decent coaching and recruiting and all that, which I think Les Miles can at least bring that level of stability to the team. I don't know if he can get there to get them to regular bowl games or, or not. That'd be a tall order, but they're at least not just going 1-11 every year anymore. All right, next we have Texas Tech, which I thought was a little low for Texas Tech, to be honest. Matt Wells is entering his second season as their coach. Um, obviously, they lost Cliff Kingsbury after a number of years. He got fired from Texas Tech, then, of course, was hired by the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL. Um, I think Matt Wells is a good coach. Last year was a little rough. They went 4-8, and eight, but I feel like they were actually a better team than that. F-plus had them as the 61st team in the country. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like they had some serious injuries, Most probably most important of which was their quarterback, Alan Bowman. He only played in three games last year. And I, I feel like he's actually a really good quarterback. In those three games, he threw for over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. So if he can stay healthy, that's going to obviously help the team. The, the biggest issue, I would say, was – their defense last year, which is nothing new for Texas Tech. They ranked 83rd in SP+. Um, I I think, obviously, that was the main reason that Cliff Kingsbury was fired from them, from the team, was because of his, his defense just never figured it out. His offense was incredible year after year. So I, I feel like that's kind of Matt Wells' main job. How can he keep the offense at their high level but also get the defense to just respectability he has slightly up to their recruiting profile I talk about that a lot I still feel like obviously scheme all of that stuff matters um, developing talent but it all starts with recruiting um, you need talent to, to develop said talent and yeah like I said if they can just find a way to stabilize the defense they can become a really solid program um, hopefully not at the expense of their offense because, I don't know, over the years, Texas Tech has been really fun to watch on, on offense. They've always put up huge numbers. Um, yeah, I feel like with Alan Bowman coming back this year, I I do believe that they they have a chance to flip that record around. Maybe eight and four is in play. I don't know. I feel like Texas Tech is one of those programs that just because of the offense, like, they have a chance to be in basically every game. 
Anyway, another second-year coach at Kansas State, Chris Kleiman. Uh, obviously a very successful coach at the FCS level. But they went 8-5 and five last year, which of course included the upset win over Oklahoma. Um, so a good, solid program. Good good first year for Chris Kleiman. 38th in F+. They return 61% of their production, which is 76th in the country, so pretty average there. And just looking at their team, Skylar Thompson will probably be their quarterback. Um, he's solid. Doesn't put up huge passing stats or anything, but I, he's, a, he's the kind of quarterback that they can at least win games with, if not like compete for the conference or anything like that, which feels like it it's probably a number of years away, even with even with some great coaching that is likely to come from Chris Kleiman and we'll yeah. Um, they've always relied on JUCO players a lot. And Kleiman has already improved the recruiting and it, it's gonna be really interesting to see how much they switch their focus to four year players and how much they're gonna keep doing their junior college thing that they've always done. I'm sure because it's such a huge part of their history at Kansas State, I'm sure that's never going to be something that they don't do. Um, I'm just interested to see if they can get a few more higher-quality four-year recruits. Um, it feels like if their JUCO players can become more of a complement to the to their stars instead of yeah, instead of relying a little more heavily on those guys. I feel like that would be a, a good positive step for them. But yeah, I believe I believe in Chris Kleiman. I think he's a good coach. Um, Kansas State, yeah, I feel like they're the they're the kind of team that for most of my life that I remember. They're just always that team that's going to win more than they lose. They're going to challenge some good teams. They're not going to beat themselves. And I feel like with, under Kleiman, that's probably going to continue. Next, we have West Virginia, another second-year coach, Neil Brown. And I believe he was also a pretty good hire. Now, they didn't do quite as well last year. Uh, they went 5-7, and seven, ranked 100th in F+. And they're right in the middle of the country in returning production. Um, but I, I feel like there is, there is some hope there. I, Neil Brown is a good coach. The main issue, I would say, was last year they were 100th in SP plus offense, which really can't happen at West Virginia. That's not the West Virginia we all know and love. Um, I think most of us probably have memories of guys like Pat White, Steve Slayton, um, even Geno Smith. West Virginia is just known for putting up points um, over the years, and that didn't happen last year. Now, they did have... A really young receiving core last year. I feel like that could be a strength this year because of that. Um, and their defense, by the end of the year last year, was actually pretty solid. Their best players are Dante and Darius Sills, um, defensive linemen who are brothers. And, yeah, they have a fairly talented roster. They're not, like, stacked or anything, but I feel like Neil Brown has done good things at other programs. Um, I do believe that he is a good coach. I, th I think he can figure out how to get their offense up to where West Virginia fans are used to seeing it. Maybe not right away, 
maybe it'll take some time. Um, I do think we tend to, yeah, I don't know. Like you, there was back back in the day, they always said you give a coach five years to figure it out, and now it seems like it's more three years or even less than that. Um, I think we forget sometimes, especially at a program like West Virginia. You know, they're not going to be recruiting the top ten in the country. Um, it can take a little bit of time to to build a program, but I think they're in good hands. I think West Virginia, along with Kansas State and Texas Tech, like I think those are all good hires for those programs. Anyway, next we have TCU. Gary Patterson is definitely not a new hire, entering his 20th season, and it it does feel like they have slid um, a significant amount in the last several years. They went five and seven last year. Which again, they weren't. I don't think they were actually that bad. F plus had them as the 41st program in the country, um, which would say that they should be better than a five and seven team. But that is reality. That's what happened. And I don't know if TCU can get back to where they were, say, ten years ago. Um, even the beginning of their time in the Big 12, it seemed like they were definitely more on the national um, radar. Um, who can forget those years when they were battling Baylor? And they were pretty much the two best teams in the conference, honestly. Um, 2014, the first year of the playoff, TCU and Baylor finished fifth and sixth in the final uh, playoff rankings. Um, and it doesn't feel like we've seen TCU really get back to that level. Um, Gary Patterson is still a good coach. I don't think there's any doubting that. I'm just not sure what what their ceiling is at this point. They were definitely a top 10 to 15 type of program for a little while there. And, it, yeah, it was under the same head coach. Their defense was still solid. It's always been good under Gary Patterson. Their offense was pretty bad last year. Now, they did have a true freshman quarterback, Max Duggan, and he returns. He did have an up-and-down season. He has some promise. He, He's young. He's, he's talented. I, I think he has a chance to take another step. Um, but, of course, in the... In the uh, Big 12, most teams are putting up big points. And I'm not sure he's ever going to be more than an average quarterback in the Big 12. But who knows? That's the the exciting thing about college football. Who knows what can happen? Now, they did lose their star receiver, Jalen Rager. But all their other top receivers are back. And then one thing that's interesting that they're bringing in this year, they have a five-star freshman running back coming in, Zachary Evans. And for any of, anyone that follows recruiting, um, you may be chuckling right now just at the, the mention of the name. Um, first of all, you might be asking yourself, if you don't know the story of Zachary Evans, you might be asking yourself, how did TCU get a five-star running back? They don't normally recruit to that level. Well, Zachary Evans has one of the most interesting uh, recruiting stories, I guess, that I've ever heard. Um, he was kind of all over the map as a recruit, he was a, a player out of Texas, and it, everyone thought at one point that 
the Texas schools were leading. And then he releases the top five. None of the Texas schools are in it. Um, he was going to announce... Uh, my memory's fading a little bit on everything that happened. He, he moved his, his announcement date several times. Ended up signing with Georgia in the early signing period. Uh, but then he changed his mind and they released him from his letter of intent. And then it, it went... Yeah, several other teams were still interested in him. Um, also in there, uh, this might have been before he signed with Georgia, I'm not sure. At some point, his team made it all the way to the state championship game. And he was actually suspended by his team for the, for the final game of the year, for the state championship game, because the night before he refused to hand in his cell phone with everyone else on the team. So he's, yeah, I don't know, definitely still a teenager. Hopefully he can mature. Um, very talented running back, incredibly talented. Lots of different, very high-profile programs led for him at, at various points. Um Teams like Alabama and Georgia all ended up just kind of passing on him. Um, not not too hard to understand why, but the fact remains he is an extremely talented running back, and TCU is the benefactor of all that uncertainty and mind changing and all of that stuff. We'll see if he actually lives up to his promise. Um, but yeah, this is not the type of player that TCU normally gets. So if he can. If he can live up to what people think he can, this is this is going to be an exciting running back for TCU. I won't say he's the next Ladanian Tomlinson, you know, TCU running back, but yeah, he could be could be really exciting. Should be interesting to see what happens there. All right, um, next we have Baylor. Now Baylor only has the fifth best odds to win. The Big 12 this year at plus 2,500, despite finishing second last year. Uh, of course, they lost Matt Rule and brought in Dave Aranda to replace him. First time head coach, I believe. Baylor had a really good season last year, 11 and 3. Um, now they were 18th in F plus, which was a little lower, I, I would say, than they were in the final rankings. Um, but it does feel pretty accurate now sp plus projects him to drop to 33rd this year i would say mostly as a result of being 108th in the country in returning production now they're 51st in offense which is pretty solid but on defense they are basically losing everyone i think they're only bringing two defensive starters back um dave aranda is of course a defensive genius coming over from lsu um and he, he did amazing work at Wisconsin before he was defense coordinator at LSU. So as far as just a scheme standpoint, I wouldn't be worried about their defense. Obviously, it's hard to replace nine starters, though. Um, on offense, Charlie Brewer, the quarterback, is back. And he was a pretty good quarterback last year. Um, maybe not a top-five type of guy, but you can win a lot of games with a guy like Charlie Brewer. They might need to lean on him a little more this year obviously with all the defensive turnover now one thing that's a little in, one thing that's a little interesting about this coaching change is a lot of the coaching changes we cover it's it's a guy trying to resurrect a f program that's not where they want to be 
Well, this is a situation where Matt Rule was so good that he left for the Panthers in the NFL. Um, and so Dave Rand is not coming into a bad situation. He's coming into a really good situation, um, a place where a lot of people didn't think Baylor could be this early after everything that happened with Art Bryles. Um, so the question really is, can they keep from falling back to the middle of the, of the Big 12? Can they stay at the top there or close to it? Um, I'm not I'm not sure. <laughs> Obviously, we've never seen Dave Aranda as a head coach. Matt Rule was an amazing coach. Um, I, it's You can't just... It's really hard to just replace a guy like that, especially at a program like Baylor, which is not a knock on Baylor. It's just they're not going to be one of the top two recruiting teams in the co- in the conference. Um, so are are they going to be able to do as well with identifying the uh, body types and recruiting those those players the way Matt Rule did? His staff was so good at finding the diamonds in the rough that they could develop, those those three stars that had potential to just develop into absolute beasts. They were really good at doing that. Um, Not everyone can do that. We'll see if Dave Aranda can figure that out and his staff. So anyway, next we have Iowa State. Iowa State, of course, coached by Matt Campbell, who feels like he's been one of the hot names in coaching for a long time. Um, but anyway, they went 7-6 and six last year. Pretty typical Iowa State year. Uh, 26th in F+. And I should say pretty typical Iowa State year under Matt Campbell. Not in their history. He's obviously a very good coach. Um, very highly thought of by other coaches in the industry. And they have Brock Purdy, their quarterback, back. He is receiving Heisman and NFL first-round hype. I'm not sure I totally buy into it, but he is a good quarterback. He is exciting. They also have Charlie Kohler back, one of the best tight ends in the country. And Brees Hall, their running back, he's really good too. Um, so they do kind of have a, a few stars they can lean on on offense at least. Their defense should be good as well, they, especially in the back seven. And there's definitely some talent on this team, but it is hard to have the kind of depth at Iowa State that other uh, big-time programs in the Big 12 can get. Um, Matt Campbell has really done a good job of raising the floor of Iowa State, but it does feel like there is a ceiling on this program, and a lot of that is just going to be due to recruiting. I mean, a lot of in a lot of ways, they're the second biggest program just in their state, which is not exactly known for having incredible football talent. There might be some there, but I'm not sure you could expect a whole lot more out of out of what Matt Campbell has done there. I do feel like when they when they play really good teams, they kind of have to rely on a few stars and not the overall depth on the team or whatever. I mean, we just saw it in their last game. Their last game was their bowl game, actually, against Notre Dame. And they were able to get three field goals the entire game. That was it. Um, really wasn't close. They were just completely physically outmatched. Um, 
and you could see that there was there was talent there, and you could see that Matt Campbell was not um, really being out coached seriously. Um, but it, there's just there's a limit to what you can do with with that kind of talent gap, and I'm interested to see how long he's going to stay there, or if he's going to take off for another job somewhere. I know it's been talked about for years now, but it does feel like at some point he is probably going to leave. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I quite buy them being the fourth-best team in the conference this year, but I also wouldn't bet against them. Um, so we'll see. Next we have Oklahoma State, third-best odds in the conference. Obviously, they've been in the news quite a bit lately with everything going on with Mike Gundy and Chuba Hubbard. But it does feel like it's uh, calming down a little bit. I feel feel like Gundy's probably going to keep his job. Chuba's going to play. Um, and this could be one of the best Oklahoma State teams we've seen in a long time. They went 8-5 and five last year. 35th in, S, S, in uh, F+. Plus, sorry. But they are 9th in the country in returning production. And it's on both sides of the ball. They are top 35 in the country on both sides of the ball, returning production. And they kind of have this three-headed monster. I guess you'd call them the triplets. Spencer Sanders at quarterback, Chuba Hubbard at running back, Talon Wallace at receiver. Those are those are the stars. They also have a few other um, receivers that are pretty good. Um, and, and I'm not saying that those are just the only guys, but those are kind of the three main stars that everyone knows their offense will be terrific which is not anything terribly unusual for Oklahoma State one thing that was a little unique last year was their defense was actually pretty solid last year and basically everyone's back so I think it's probably going to be even better um yeah I Spencer Sanders to me is is the key probably to the whole season their quarterback he was really good could have been better if he can play at a really elite level, they, they actually have a little bit of conference-winning potential playoff. Like, there's some potential there for that type of thing. If Spencer Sanders is not the guy, if he can't come through, they do have a four-star freshman quarterback, Shane Illingworth. I wouldn't predict him to ever take over for, for Sanders this year, but if Sanders does not take that step... You have to wonder if they're going to pull pull the plug on him. Now, Oklahoma State is another program that doesn't recruit at the level of a Texas or Oklahoma. Um, and I guess the question for me is, can can their studs, the, the three-headed monster that we mentioned there, Chuba Hubbard, Talon Wallace, can they make up for those talent gaps? Can they, you know, they, they're not going to match a team like Oklahoma or Texas everywhere across the field. But if they happen to have the two or three best players in that particular game, they can beat just about anybody. Um, but that has to happen. So can those guys really up their games? And, yeah, can they be the best players on the, on the field when they're playing Oklahoma, Texas, even like Iowa State and Baylor, TCU? So I guess that's my question for Oklahoma State. Um Good program. Obviously, Chuba Hubbard ran for over 2,000 yards last year. Maybe the best running back in the country. Uh, probably not quite, but 
yeah, I don't know. I don't quite buy into some of the people predicting them to go to the playoff, but I think they actually could be really dangerous this year. And, of course, that's providing that their team has no chemistry issues or anything like like that from this off season. Anyway, next we have Texas. Texas has Tom Herman, and somehow he's in his fourth fourth year coaching there. They were probably one of the biggest disappoints, disappointments last year from most people. They went eight and five after having, I think they were ranked in the top ten last year in the preseason. Some people viewed them as a dark horse national title contender coming off of that Sugar Bowl win over Georgia. I never really bought into it just because they were losing so much from the year before. Um, in fact, a lot of the people that I, that I really respect in the industry, they were saying look out for Texas in 2020, 20, uh, sorry, 2020 as opposed to 2019. Well, now it's 2020, and we'll see if that happens. SP Plus projects them to be 14th in the country which would actually be, you know, obviously pretty good. Not national title contending, most likely, but they are 20, 21st in the country in returning production. They have Sam Ellinger back on a quarterback. He might have one more gear to get to. I'm not sure. They had a really good offense last year. Their offense was very good, and Ellinger is the machine running that. Um, he's never going to do... Some of the things that a guy like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields can do as far as just like chucking the ball all over the yard, tight little windows. But he is a very good quarterback. Um, and they have a really good running back group. Probably the most exciting name right now is the true five-star freshman, um, Bijan Robinson, that they got out of Arizona, I believe. Highly coveted. I believe he ended up as the number one running back in the country. Um, and he's not just the only one. They, they also have some good running backs coming back. Now, at receiver, they lost Devin DuVernay and Colin Johnson. Um, they were both pretty good receivers, but there's plenty of talent to replace them. Uh, I the names are escaping me right now. Jake Smith, I want to say, and Eagles something. Brennan Eagles. That sounds right. I don't have that written down. But... There, there are receivers there. There's plenty of talent. It's Texas. That's not a big problem. The big problem last year was their defense. And they did have a lot of injuries, but the defense really was pretty bad compared to what it should have been. Now, they got rid of Todd Orlando, who was Tom Herman's longtime defensive coordinator. was actually a pretty big name in the industry, but, yeah, last year they just really underperformed. Um, and they brought in Chris Ash to run the defense. Uh, did not make it as Rutgers head coach. Obviously, that's a very tough job, but he's had a lot of success as a defensive coordinator in the past. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get that defense um, back where it should be. They were 68th in the country last year in SP+, which is just unacceptable for a program with Texas's talent, especially at DB last year. Now they had again they had a lot of injuries, but there were just so many highly ranked um, players in that defense, especially at corner and safety. And there's still a ton of talent there. I really feel like if Chris Ash can figure it out for them, they might actually have a chance to win the conference this year. And part of the reason they might win that 
is because there's a chance Oklahoma might take a step back. Oklahoma, of course, is our last team. Once again, the favorite to win the Big 12 under Lincoln Riley, also entering his fourth season. They went 12-2 and last year, um, made the playoff, lost to the absolute behemoth that was LSU at the end of the last season. Finished 8th in F+, and projected to stay about right there. They return 59% of their production, which is 82nd in the country. So not great, but, of course, it's Oklahoma. Again, like Texas, plenty of talent there. And, of course, the question that everyone wants to know is, Spentler, is Spencer Rattler legit, their quarterback, who was a five-star freshman last year, red-shirted, um, obviously a huge name coming in. I'm not sure that he's uh, viewed in the best way, maybe as a personality, um, especially not like a guy like Jalen Hurts, who always came across as just an absolute team-first guy. I, I'm not saying he's not that, but I do believe as a teenager, at least in high school, he wasn't he wasn't always the kind of I don't know, he di- he didn't exactly give off leadership quarterback vibes um doesn't mean he can't grow into that though and yeah obviously a very talented player um and there's a chance that he could be better than Jalen Hurts was last year Hurts was not quite as good um I would argue as the last couple quarterbacks they had Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray who both won the Heisman and went number one in the NFL draft it's hard to be that good um but, yeah, I don't know. Is Spencer Rattler truly legit or not? Now, they bring back their running back, Kennedy Brooks, who has had 1,000 yards the last two years. All five of their offensive line starters are back. Oklahoma is known for offensive line. They're going to be great there this year. Charleston Rambo, uh, Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss. They got receivers like crazy, even, even after losing C.D. Lamb. There's so much talent there at receiver. One of the best receiving quarters in the country, at least as far as talent goes. So I would really not doubt that they're going to have an incredible offense once again. That's what Lincoln Riley does. They're going to be top three offense pretty much every year. Now last year they had hired Alex Grinch as their new defensive coordinator. And they improved to 48th in SP Plus defense last year, which was actually a pretty sizable improvement over what they had been before. Um, So I do think that's probably going to continue going up under Grinch. He is a good defensive coordinator. They do have talent on that side of the ball. So I don't know if they can truly become an actual title contender. They've made the playoff four times. They really haven't been super close in any of those four except one. The year that the incredible game happened with Georgia in the national semifinal. But, yeah, I really believe that they'll, they'll probably have to get that defense up into the top 20. And when they do that, they're going to have about as good a chance as anybody in the country to win a national title just because of their incredible defense, incredible offense year after year. If you have a top three offense and have a top 20 defense to go with it, that's a pretty good formula right there. Anyway, this year I would I would still probably bet on Oklahoma to win the conference. Uh, 
I'm a little less confident in their ability to make it back to the playoff just because of, I don't know, it, it's not necessarily a reflection on Oklahoma as much as some of the other teams in the country. Now, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they made it. Um, the question is, are there going to be a lot of one-loss teams this year? You know, is 12-1 and going to be good enough to make it to the playoff? Now, it might be. Most years it is. Um, but it does, it does feel like we have five to ten really good teams this year. Um, now, obviously, there's kind of a three-headed monster or four-headed monster at the, at the top of that, depending on your view of Georgia. But there's also quite a few other teams that are, I would kind of put in the same tier as Oklahoma. So we'll see. Um, the Big 12, once again, um, should be a pretty exciting conference. I expect lots of points, lots of offensive fireworks. And I know lots of people claim that they really like watching that good old Big 10 SEC hardcore defense football. Um, and I, I can appreciate that. But it's also a lot of fun. If I'm not watching my own team, I want to watch teams put up points. And so the Big 12 is good for that. Hopefully we'll continue to be so. And I do think that with Oklahoma, Texas, and potentially Oklahoma State, it could be a really exciting year for the Big 12. Just There could be some really good matchups there. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just getting excited talking about college football. It's almost July, and then we're about two months away. Um, so yeah, I hope you all enjoy listening to these podcasts as much as I enjoy talking about sports. <laughs> um, I will probably have one more episode out yet this week, and then it's going to be a little while. I'm going on a, on a hike in the mountains for five or six days, so there'll be a little break in between episodes there. But anyway, again, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Sports with Vince. Tell your friends about the podcast. Anybody that likes sports that you come in contact with, if they if they want to hear about sports, here's a podcast. I know there's barely any sports podcasts out there, but maybe make room for this one. Um, again, and appreciate all my listeners. Email me with questions, comments, sportswithvince at gmail.com. And, yeah, looking forward to football. Hope you all have a great week, and God bless. We'll be right back.